Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we have Zach Kohler joining us from Cosler Business Solutions. Zach, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's always uh, good to have a bit of a chat to someone that's in business, um, talking about business growth today. So it'll be a good conversation to have with you. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. Definitely. We'll see how it goes. We're doing this on video, so everyone knows. So it'll be a video because we want to share a couple of things, but we'll attempt to keep it audio too so people can follow along. But let's see how we track. Zach, before we jump into that, tell us a bit about you, yourself, your business experience, and um, uh, what business growth means to you and what you basically will consider uh, in terms of business growth and helping businesses grow. Yeah. So I started in. Um I've always been interested in business as, as a young kid. Um, my, my like thing when I was growing up was like, I wanted to have a million acres of, uh, of property. I used to be like cattle farming and things like that. Just a million. Um, <laughs> just a million. Yeah. I, I didn't, yeah. I realized later on how much that really is. And then I don't, that's, that's a really unnecessary amount to have. Yeah. Sound like a good round number when I was a kid. Um, uh, so, but I, I really, uh, I've always loved business. I actually started off um, focusing on investing first. So, I uh, my parents have always been in business, and actually, as I was growing up, they had a they started a business. They had that business for um, about a decade, and they worked incredibly hard in that business. Like they had like no days off. It was like you know the, the quintessential small business where they there was my parents, and they just like it just took off, and they started growing in with the mining boom in our mining uh, local town. And uh, that's sort of my my first insight into business and seeing how hard it is and seeing like the the effort that goes into it. Um, but the the thing that like got me started in it is that it was really investing. So I was uh, I was earning a little bit of money. I was working as a as a ringer when I first got out of school. And if people don't know, working as a on a properties, you don't earn a lot of money. So it was like about a hundred dollars a day, like like before tax. So you didn't end up with a lot at the end of the month, but over time, I ended up growing that and ended up turning into a quite a large amount of money by the time I was around 20. So I ended up um, turning like about a $50,000 a year wage into I had about probably close to 500K in the bank uh, over those few few years. But um, unfortunately- I to talk to you about I, investments. <laughs> I, I, invested, I mean, obviously not investment advisor. You always have to put that big like disclaimer like- <laughs> Hey, I could have got super bloody lucky, and this is probably yes. may, might not be replicatable. As something I yes. think a lot of people don't don't understand is that yeah. you can make a lot of mm-hmm. money in a couple of years, but if you're one year mm-hmm. from retirement, you lose everything. You're starting from scratch again. Uh, yeah, people don't exactly. take that you don't risk. Be there, right? The risk. Yeah, they take that risk profile in when they when they think about oh, I'm doubling my money on Bitcoin every year. So yeah. they have to <laughs> have to think about the longer term. Um, but then when I got into business, really um, through pretty tragic event um my mum passed away uh and she was the uh sorry to hear that she, no that's okay she, she was like the she was like the bit she re- she really was the, the the sort of glue that held everything together like my father mm. is um is really like the, the doer like he he we had a machinery business uh and a cattle station he was the one that would like drive the machines do you know what i mean and he would uh, yep. be the one like to, to farm the cattle and do those things but my mum was the was the the business behind it like she was the everything she was the she was the customer service person she was the dealt with the banks she dealt with all of this and so um i it's sort of like a, a whole heap of things happened at once where uh my mum passed away the local economy in our town 
went from a population of around 20, 25,000 down to 5,000. Uh, it just literally crashed. It just, it was like went through the floor. Every time you thought you hit a blow, it went to another low. Um, the cattle, we had, a, we had a drought at that stage. Um, so the cattle property wasn't doing great. So um, when I took over after my mum passed away, um, our businesses that we had about 10 million in debt and we were losing a million a year. <laughs> It was, in a, it, was like, right. like, it was like it was like mega bad, and mm. it was a couple of months after my after my mom passed away. The banks come to me and said, "Hey, we're closing you down. We've, mm. You've got two months left." Like it was like a like I'm almost shaking right now. Like it was a um, it was incredibly difficult because obviously, like I was incredibly naive to business at that point. You know what I mean? Even though I'd done well with investing. Mm business is, is, is a different is a different beast altogether different and you got so many <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like you don't understand like people like i invest i put money into the market and i and i do my you know my research on it what i think it's a good or bad deal but i didn't have to worry about management i didn't have to worry about staff quitting on me <laughs> or people do it like i don't worry about suppliers not paying like there's there's all these things that happened and so um when when i heard that um it, it, you know like it was like a bit of a shock to the system and it, it was like the, the decision I had to make was, do I, like, what, what do I do, right? Because my parents had worked, like, their entire lives for, 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 the, for what they have. Like, they, for all the assets that they had, like, they, they were spent 10 years where they would work at Christmas. They would work Easter. Like, people, like, people think, oh, they work every day of the year. Like, yeah, no. They worked every day of the year until, like, midnight. Like, they just put their whole heart and soul into, into doing this. And now I heard that some random bank person's going to take this from my family and to take everything. And we're, we're literally going to be with nothing and potentially still be in debt after they took, take it all. And so, mm. um, yeah, massive thing. Yeah. How old were you at this time? I was about 20, like 1920 <laughs> wow. at that stage. I still remember I was uh, sitting at uni drinking coffees, skipping classes at about 20, mate. So yeah, going through that would have been pretty full on at that age. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like, and obviously my, my dad was not in the right place of mind. Like he mm. he's actually come a long way. He's um like, he, but but he went through some hard times there. Like we all like he it, yeah he was like you know thirty plus years married and um to mm. to lose it and uh, yeah it was um it was it was quite a shock because it was um like it kind of it was pretty sudden. Like we we didn't know she she died of breast cancer. But it was she'd already, she'd already fought breast cancer all through her life, and we like we thought they had mm. it, and then they found it again, and it was already in a you know yeah. it was yeah it wasn't anyway everywhere um, yeah too late yeah. yeah it was like it was like the the it was like oh you got cancer and then it's like oh you you yeah this is this is not good mm. anyway um so then yeah I took over that and like I said my like yeah I just had to make the decision like what what do I do and I just said the bank said no I like I'll find a way how to do this. Um, and so what I did is I took all my savings that I had that I that I didn't I just put it all into the business and like that, that's not a lot when you're thinking you're losing that much money either like yeah you know, that, that that evaporated mm. like pretty much just covering supplier payments for like a month like it was like you know, okay. like oh shit. Cool. like how, mm. what's gonna happen now so uh, anyway long story short um, mm. I went through that and I literally um, just worked my ass off for for four years and like 
it was it, and it was sort of both right because like it wasn't just working on, on on making things like how do how do how do we make next month's payments it was just like how do we get through this month how do we get through next month it was also me having to learn business like it, it wasn't like I was I was going through the motions, which would be difficult enough going into a business like that, which you were, if you're already business experienced, I had no idea what I was doing. I was mm. like, t- like talking about novice and like, I, I didn't understand anything. And so, um, like I went in there and I, you know, obviously ballsed up a lot of stuff. I had a lot of like, I had to learn management and leadership skills. I had to learn how to stuff because we had, we had a quite a large staff at that point. And, um, I'll, I'll then some of them, because I feel like the health issues, some of them uh, probably weren't the right people in the right positions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, they they needed to, to go. So what I went had to go through and had to make some really hard calls and um, and learn how to how to sort of measure that and deal with the bank. Um, and so yeah, it was really like sixteen hour days every day. It was like eight hours of how do I get through this month and eight hours of how, what the hell am I doing? Reading books. YouTube's like look anything I can find to be like how the hell do I do this business thing um and just get through it and yeah that was like four months and so uh four years down the road after that um completely debt free and we where our businesses are like making close to a bit over uh, um, half a million a year on the family on the family side of things so we've completely turned around we've got we pay off all of our debts and our businesses are yeah, in, in a really, really good that's shape. A, that's so a um, phenomenal yeah. turnaround. In terms of um in terms of that, right? What has that taught you about what you're capable of? I think at a, as a twenty year old being thrown into that, you can choose to curl up and do nothing about that, um, because it's just too hard and put it into that basket. Or you can dig in and what you did was dig in and would you do you think the being put in that position forced you to dig in more than you would have if you just started a business from scratch um do you think that that challenge that you were back against the wall sort of gave you that sort of fight to say all right i nearly need to dig in i need to do the long hours i need to push really really hard here and just dig right in and get an understanding of what this is all about you said eight hours of learning eight hours of business um, do you think the circumstances created the willpower and the drive within you I think I already had that before, but I think what I did mm-hmm. is like um, it, it was like a pressure yeah. cooker. It, it accelerated yeah. the process, if that yeah. makes sense. Because yeah. you, yeah, yeah, okay. like most people, like mm-hmm. there's, there's like a thing I see a lot of times where people, mm-hmm. um, like say they, they want to start a business, they want to do something. They spend mm-hmm. like, they, they, they focus on really dumb things that aren't really getting results. Yeah. But when you're like, oh, I have to pay suppliers in three weeks and I <laughs> need to find 200K, like that's yeah. like focuses your mind really effectively on how do yeah. I get this result, right? Like yes. I need to learn how to do my business plan, like work out how to make a pretty graph to make this look good. Like, no, mm-hmm. I need to like, how do I make it this happen? Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it accelerated that, that accelerated my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, honestly, like I've always been like, I've, I've really, I've always been a hard worker. I've always had the, I've always been a workaholic, probably not even healthy. I've always had that, but it pressure cooked me in a way. Where do you, where where do you think that may have come from, Zach? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. My, my, my yeah. parents, my parents certainly had a, there's, there's some sort of genetic you, right? gene. Yeah, so I think yeah we, definitely. I think the environment plays a big part in everything um, in life. Being around that environment with parents working sounds like significantly hard would, yeah, rub off on you. Either you, you suck it in or you you revolt against it uh, or rebel against it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, you've obviously gone down that same path. So, yeah, it can get sort of um, built within us from our parents and handed down. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, 
We've gone through that process. You've actually turned a business around that was pretty much ready to go bankrupt. Um, hats off to you because I think, yeah, that's something not many people can get through uh, and not even experienced people can get through that have been in business for a long time. They still would have been big, in a big challenge in that environment. Um, looking back at that experience, what's a couple of things you would take away from that? What's that taught you about business? If it was three things that you'd learned, um, what would they be from that experience? Um, a couple of things. I think it's persistence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, what comes to mind when you say that? Um, do you know the Stockdale paradox? No, I never heard of no Stockdale paradox. No, I haven't. So, Stock, yeah. so Stockdale paradox. It's uh, I believe Jim Collins from uh, what he wrote a book called Good to Great. He coined it, and okay. uh, in that there's there was a uh, Stockdale. And mm-hmm. forgi- uh, please forgive me, people listening, if I get the details wrong go and look up the video but in the, the premise of it is that um stockdale was the highest ranking prison of war i believe it was in vietnam okay and he went through this process and uh he he come out and he said he had an unwavering faith that he was going to make it through and he ended up coming out of it you know completely fine like mm-hmm. mentally and and got through the process and jim collins was listening to his story and asked him it's like like, who, who doesn't make it out of these things? And he said, the optimist doesn't make it out. Obviously, and that seemed like a bit of a paradox because, like, you mean you had unbraided face, you're going to make it out. How did the optimist, why would the optimist die? And the optimist would sit there and say, I'm going to be out by Christmas. I'm going to be out by Easter. And they would end up dying of a broken heart because they did, they weren't in reality. They, they, had to, they had this dream they were going to get through. And so what you have to learn to do is you have to learn to face reality and also have unwavering faith that you will prevail in the end. And that's what I feel like I had to do is I had to have, I had to be 100% real. I couldn't have like wished that I was going to win the lotto to pay my debts off, right? I couldn't, I didn't have, I had to face the 100% reality that mm. shit is going to suck. People are going to get paid late. I have to be aware that like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, I have to, I have to strategically choose which supplier mm-hmm. I care about more than the other because I don't have enough money to do it. I had to have, the, I had to have be in that reality, but I had to maintain that, that, that nonstop drive that, and that, that sort of certainty that in the end I was going to give up or going to prevail or otherwise you just, you give up, right? You don't, you, you don't have that, that faith. If you think that it's all going to end in, in flames and you're going to lose, and even though if that's statistically probably right, mm-hmm. you still have to have that faith to, to continue going through that you will somehow find a way to get through. Yeah, no, I think that's a massive takeaway because, yeah, it's all about faith in yourself and belief in yourself to do it. And I think if you don't have that, it's not impossible. Yeah, You might as well not start. And I think, yeah, that's the challenge. You need to believe in yourself in your ability to find a way because really when you walked into that you had no you had no way no knowledge of way but your ability you believed in your ability to find a way and that's enough sometimes to get you through may not be enough to do it every single time but it got you through um given what was what was the circumstance of out yeah so it's a good takeaway yeah pretty cool yeah it's statistical right like you you the more mm-hmm. harder you the longer you do it and persist at it the higher likelihood you achieve there's no guarantees in life like people have to realize that. And they also have to realize on, that they don't. On that though, um, you'd have to continuously be learning. If you do the same thing over and over again and don't do anything different, there's no chance it's going to change. And I think um, if you're constantly learning, evolving, growing, then yes, statistically, you are going to have more chance of succeeding. So I think on that caveat though. Yeah, exactly. Well, that that's just continually improves the likelihood of success. 
like there's 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 some there's people out there that throw something against the wall and it works. They they make an app and it's got low life phones, but some reason yeah. someone pays a million dollars for it and <laughs> they feel like, oh look how great I am, mm. I'm so successful. And this poor some poor person who's done everything they could in life to, to try to get ahead and they continually get hit you know hit knocked down. But they've got to realize that like they might have done everything correctly. They got to learn those lessons and they just got to keep get go get up and try again, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's, that's the, that's the part I think people miss in business is they, they think there's some surefire way to success and it's just it's just not. And you've got to be aware of that. Yeah, and I everyone's looking for a system or a process and I think every business is different and if you're really going to be in business and really succeed, you have to be unique in some way, some form. So you've got to create your own path. Um, mm-hmm. There's no, yeah, pick a book off the shelf and just copy and paste. It doesn't work in the environment. So, yes, you have to be innovating, have to be something new, doing something new um, to offer more value to customers, consumers, whichever your target is, um, how you coin them. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a growth period. It's an innovate, innovation cycle. It's There's plenty in business. Um, there's always new learning. Um, there's always new things to jump into, sink your teeth into. Um, and if you're not up for that challenge, it's probably not for you to be in business, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people uh, think they're entitled to succeed. They mm. they want to, I mean, we, we see it all the time. People like, mm. hey, I want to start a business. I have a full-time job. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. And they're like, like my, my ideal lifestyle is to work three days a week. <laughs> and they're like, and, I, and they want to start there, right? Mm. They, they like, and, and I'm like, that's it's not, not how it works. They're no. like, no, like, hell, this weekend, I'm, I'm going away for a couple of weeks this, this week. Um, and I worked until 4 a.m. on Sunday. Like, you, you've got to be aware that that is your life if you decide to go into business. Like, it's, it's yeah, you can't you can't expect to have your cake and eat it too. Like, it doesn't work. Um, there are people out there that can get to that point, and I think that's a process. Yeah, I think it is a process, especially yeah. when you're starting out in a business and something new, something um, that you're looking to build. You have to find your way. You have to build your systems. You have to build your processes. You have to build your value. Um, and until you do that, there's no walking out of a business and leaving it for three to six months. It just doesn't happen, yeah. um, especially if you're driving most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing starts there's out a, on top. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the it's like a flywheel, right? Like mm-hmm. there's like a thing like uh, you know you got like a big like you got a big tire and you start yeah. like you're trying to get it to move and at the first you try to push mm-hmm. it it's like super hard and you get like two inches and you're yeah. like oh this is so much worth it but after like, yeah. like years and years of like pushing that thing you can just like like flick your hand and the thing like flies around it's it's just like the same as business it builds on momentum and you can get to a point where your business is at a certain scale where you have a manager you have your 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 structure in place and then you can walk out for six months and see and see how it goes have all those systems in place and then you could go on that holiday do those things come in check in how it's going it's when you want that more if that person wants to grow that business 10 times they probably still have to be in that business and working those times that's a fair point, yeah. Um, yeah, creating the system is one thing, but evolving and growing is another thing. Still needs to be driven. Exactly. Still needs someone mm-hmm. at, the, at the wheel that's driving that. Um, and generally, that's the, the founder or the people in the top that are yeah part of that business, especially from the early days, or real high management driving that. So depending on the level of business. So, yeah, fair point there. All right, let's dig in. Um, we want us to talk a bit about growth today, talking about that's a bit about your background. How did Cosler first come about? Um, tell us a bit about that story and why Cosler exists yep. uh, before we jump into business growth. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cosler literally exists because 
the I I as I was going through my business business journey and even starting my own businesses and things like that, I found um, I couldn't find the solution that I was looking for. Like cause is literally the solution that I wanted for my when I was growing in business. And way I started it was I literally I wanted to create something that my parents could have used or a small business could go to because I see all the mistakes that my parents made and how difficult it was and it didn't have to be as hard as what, it, what, what they made it or what it, how, what it was end up with them because they didn't quite understand business principles. A lot of people get into business knowing how to do a thing but not quite understanding business. So I wanted to create COSLA so I can literally have, bring all the things that multi-billion dollar internet companies do and they spend $3 million on consulting for. I want to bring all these concepts and business concepts I learned over the years and put it into a system and help businesses with it. The way I like to think about it is like, if you think of like Mount Everest and the business owners at the bottom and, and there's like the success of whatever they want is at the top, what I want to do is I want to pave that road for them. So I can't make them walk it. There's no helicopter rides to success, but I can make the process as easy as possible for them to get what they want and to have it as less least painful. If people don't make the mistakes, they're going to have, have a lot more success as what they do. Yeah, I think the mistakes is, can set you back. Um, mistakes just in our business. Uh, when you have a mistake, you can see it back 12 months and you can be working just to get back to where you were 12 months ago uh, based on certain yeah, mistakes and what you may have been a, not focusing yeah. on, right? So Some of those mistakes you have to make, though, to learn. You do, yeah. <laughs> and then Even if the path is in front yes. of you, you still need to know Correct. not to step off it. Yeah, exactly. So. 100%. Yeah. There, there's an awesome uh, book and a coin phrase from Keith Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Road Less Stupid. Yeah, I love Amazing that book. book. <laughs> it, 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 crazy book. Crazy. And, yeah. it, and he's got like the the, the stupid tax, right? Yeah. Like the you think of all the mistakes you made and all mm-hmm. the things that you, you could have done better, yeah. where would you be now? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? How even in just economically, like if you make that one deal that you lose like 100K on, like, you know, what that could have accumulated over time and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 scary to think about, but it, it's true. But again, you need those, those, those mistakes are the lessons, right? It's only if you learn them. If Correct. you don't learn them, then, they, then they're just wasted. You have to learn those lessons mm-hmm. and not make them again. Agree. So, so Cosler is all about helping that business owner sort of or carve out a path for that business owner. Clearly, there's their own learning and there's their own growth period to go through. Um, of course. add on. So, when we look at growth, so we're talking to a business, we're talking to non-techs that are building tech. Now, that's one of the things you said earlier. Businesses or some of them may get into the business because they're great at doing something or have a great idea or they're mm-hmm. a techie um, and they can build the solution. Um, now, that's all well and good, but that's not business uh, acumen. Um, and I think you, you learn that when you start. So me and Anthony started a business um, as two tech guys. Um, I had a bit of a finance background. Uh, yay back now, a little while back now. What was it, 2008? Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, if I were to talk back to that person, I'd say, geez, maybe go get a bit more experience in business before you start. So, yeah, that would be my biggest learning from that perspective. But looking back to that person back then, we started out, we just wanted to build tech. That's We loved tech. We were interested in ideas. We wanted to explore that. We didn't really dig in and understand what marketing was, what um, selling was, what a process was, managing customers were. And we didn't really look at that. It was all about tech. So 
that is definitely, I agree, one of the biggest challenges when you're jumping into business because you're either a doer um, and you've been in maybe an industry for a long while and you jump into consulting. So you jump into a role that's doing, um, not building business. So how do you get people out of that mindset and into the mindset of business? Because they're two very different things. The doing compared to the strategy, the planning, the thinking, um, the handling of employees, the working with customers, the deal negotiations, the contracts. There's just so many things that goes on in the business world. 100%. So I think that the sort of the key point there is um, the doing, if you've got the doing part down, that's like half the battle though. Because a lot of people, um, there's a lot of people I'm sure you guys have the same. They actually have no idea what they're doing, even on the tech side of things. They're just like, I have a great idea. I yeah. can sell this. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? They, they go in and they try to do it just because they think they have an idea to make money, right? Mm, actually, I find yeah. the people that actually know what they're talking about to mm-hmm. actually be easy because the, the business side uh, is got principles to work around it mm-hmm. and you can, you can, you can educate them onto that. Yep. But it's really hard to educate a person mm-hmm. who has no idea. Like, you want to, I, I want, a person wants to start a, uh, a mechanic business and they have no idea about cars or tires or that at all. And they want to start a mechanic business because they think it's a great, they find a gap in the market. That's harder to, to do them because I can show them all the business stuff. Mm-hmm. What it really comes down to in the end, like, you need to have a good product or service. And if you don't know right. what a good product or service is, then mm-hmm. it's hard for, for a business to get off the ground. Like you can do all the, and I'm, I'm sure people say it's like you can do all the sales techniques and all the business la-di-da in the world, but if you have a shitty product and you don't know what you're talking about, when, when you go and consult with a client, you could mm-hmm. razzle them with all the f- fancy words and stuff and lots of financial advisors do that, I'm sure, but they have no idea what they're talking about. In the end, you're not going to keep a client. You're not going to grow a business. So I think that's the first step is the, if you're going to do something, if you do know what you're talking about, that's like half the battle. Um, the other part is to understand that it is a very different beast. Uh, people, you have to you have to sort of put the two sort of sh- put a sort of two sort of sh- hats on, if that makes sense. You need to have your, your doing mode, but then you need to think of your business and you need to forget, think of it outside of yourself. A lot of people think of them as the business, but you need to think about it, like if I was going to have this business without me, how how would I get a staff member to to do this? What's it gonna? What sort of leaders do I want? What's the leadership doctrine that I want to have around that? What systems do I need to put in place to make sure that when I'm not doing it, I want to have that the quality is still going to be there? And how do I make sure that those those things are being accounted for? Like all of those parts, uh, you have to take sort of teach a business owner and go through them uh, if they want to grow. If they just want to keep it themselves, like a lot of coaches. Uh, for example, like we, we work with a few different coaches and they don't want to have employees, don't have those things. And you don't have to learn that stuff, but they, they're also got to realize that they're not going to have a multi-million dollar business either. Like if you're, it, yeah, if you're happy to have right? It's a job. Yeah, Maybe it's a, a well-paid exactly. job, but it's not except Yeah, yeah. taxi meter business. You can only yeah. run as long as the meter's running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to realize that and you got to, and that's okay. That's a thing that again, you've got to, this is where I don't want to take, I don't like having these, um, like some people say, you know, you have to exit your business. You have to have this plan. Like actually it's really, for me, it's not really true. I think everyone has their own goal in life where they want to go. And some people have like some people, like for me, I don't want to work two days a week. Like I want to work like lots. Like you said to me, that's what, that's what you should have your ideal lifestyle at. That's not, that's not right for me. And someone else might feel the same way is that they don't want to have the stresses of having employees. They want to have these stresses of having, having to worry about building this giant business. Um, 
like I think it's like the the there's a toy term like uh, small giants or something like that, where they have like businesses that want to make a lot of money. They have, but they are naturally small. They build like they actually have these constrained elements around them that have a small business, but it's actually great. And so what you want to do is you want to first look at what your goals are in life. If you decide that you want to be a multi-billionaire, then you have to realize that you have to take on a lot more of this, like these different areas. You have to learn those different areas and you have to move outside of your skilled producer sort of point and learn, move into the leadership role, move into the entrepreneurial, look at your business on, on a finance, look at all the macros. But if you decide that you wanted to start a business and you want to make leather goods and you don't want to have employees, you just want to make leather goods, then you need to look at how to ways that you can uh, maybe start an online course, maybe look at how you can start a podcast something like that on leather goods and then maybe get advertisers to come in there and leverage that your skill in that area to then grow onto there without having to become a multi-million dollar business. Yeah, but understanding that is probably the gap, right? That is the learning from others. That is the strategy behind it all. Um, and just being a doer and not looking into what other people have done, learning different strategies to market, different ways to actually partner with businesses and look at um, how you might leverage other people's networks. If you're not really thinking about that stuff, I feel like um, you're, st you're on that sort of hamster wheel um, or you can get mm. stuck there if you don't be conscious of that. Yeah, 100%. A lot of people think that uh, like movement is momentum, like forward progress. Like they think mm -hmm. that just by doing stuff, is, is actually yeah. what like, and that's what I think a lot of people when they are used to being being the, the employee when they go into mm -hmm. business um, they can get sort of lost because they mm -hmm. they haven't got anyone telling them what to do today or what to do tomorrow and so they just mm -hmm. do what's what comes like what's comfortable like they're comfortable doing their craft so they'll just go back to doing their craft instead of looking at mm -hmm. like the strategy of the business looking at the instead of working in the business working on the business if that makes sense and so I think people yeah, need that to terms have, um, coined really have it yeah. gets coined around a lot it does. Um, and I think it, yeah. if I if I were to reflect on working in the business or on the business, um, I was told that at a young age and I don't know if I, I got it. If I look at it now, it's more about just setting some goals and putting some plans in place to where you want to be, painting a picture as to where you want to be um, in a, a three to five years. It doesn't have to be a full business strategy, but that gets you thinking about what I need to be doing today to move me forward, not... Um, working on the yep. business, you, you hear it all the time, but just paint a picture. <laughs> what do you want to be? And then what are some mm -hmm. of the actionable items I could do today, this week, this month that are going to move me towards that? I find that a much easier way to explain working on the business um, than working in the business because I just I find that a little bit vague as to what that actually means. I agree that some concepts they they get uh, yeah. simplified to the point of uh -huh. pointlessness so that yeah. they lose all the context yeah. around them. Agree. Um, like I, I totally agree, and sometimes it's hard to get the get the, the mm -hmm. point across because people want that catchphrase. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Oh, I work on business. Yeah. What does that actually mean?" Right? Like, exactly. "Oh, I'm working on my business." Mm -hmm. You're like, "What do you mean? I'm grow. I, I'm I'm talking to my yeah. client. Like that's working yes. on." It's like no, like yeah. thinking about growing. The, the way yeah. I like to look at it, and I, I talk to mm -hmm. my staff about it, is it's I call mm -hmm. it like uh, sharpening the saw. So like I imagine like there's there's two sort of wood choppers right and you say cut down this tree one you say one starts going there so hacking down the tree 
and if you look like halfway through, that person's already gone like a third of the way through, and the other person's sharpening their saw. And you're like, hang on, this. Per- if you look at that moment, this person seems to have made lots of progress, this person's made none. And then this person, I look again, this person's already chopped down the tree and they're having a cup of tea. The person who started chopping down this, the tree straight away without sharpening their saw is still going, right? And that's what you need to be looking at when you think about things. How can you, what's the domino that's going to make everything easier? What should I be working on right now that's going to make everything easier or irrelevant in the future? So if you can start a business instead of focusing on oh i'm just going to like look at selling these different things how about you look at your business model how about you look at are the products you're selling the best in the world are you actually like are you actually passionate about what you're actually doing a lot of people get caught in the money rut and then they get go down this burnout route and then they end up just throwing the business in away anyway and just throw the hand of the thing like i don't want to do this anymore i'm going to go back working for someone else because they're too busy like making the movements and chopping down the tree rather than sitting down and actually thinking about what they need to do yeah, automation, uh, processes, uh, and categories, right? Marketing, sales, what can we do to improve? And working on product. I think that's some of the things you described there and just thinking about them. I think in business, we can get a little bit stuck in doing, and it's very easy to do, um, and we don't give us enough yeah. time to just think. So, yeah, just some anyone out there that's sort of jumping and starting or in business, give yourself time to think, just thinking time. Um, and that would be a Keith Cunningham thing if you, from his book, Road Less Stupid, where he basically gives himself half an hour, an hour a week or something along those lines just to think about big questions and big challenges and just uh, free write and just explore those. So we need to be doing these yep. things as business owners to create new things and come up with new ideas. If we don't give ourselves the headspace, we're never going to create really anything new or innovative. I heard something the other day exactly. where um, for us to get into creative mindset, we need to give ourselves 30 minutes of, of clear space, clear time, at least at a minimum. If you're not at giving least. yourself that time, yeah, at least a minimum of 30 minutes just to think and be be away from maybe some screens or some or other things and distractions, you're not going to be capable of creating new ideas or creating something innovative. Yeah, you need to have that time. There's like manager versus creator time. So manager time is generally like you, everyone's calling you, you're, you're on this thing. Creator time, you need to separate those bigger blocks. I would even argue 30 minutes is not even close to enough. I think you... Yeah, need, I need more you know, like two need to have, three hours. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, yeah at, at least, right? Like like the the way I like to manage things, I actually do it on, on like a, a weekly basis. So I'll actually give myself at least half a day to work on something. And just so I'm not, yep. I'm not stressed, and I can really think of through through something mm-hmm. like really, really importantly. Like even with our you know, with our strategic meetings, we don't have split them into like half an hour blocks every week. We sit down at the start of a month, and we might have an entire day just dedicated to strategic planning. We need to get more done in there than the same amount of time split into smaller chunks along the way. Yeah, because you're not jumping from one category to another and you're not in the headspace from a client conversation that you just brought into this meeting. So it all impacts, right? So I think there's plenty to think about mm-hmm. there. Let's dig into growth and a bit more around some of the key metrics. Now, you wanted to share a little bit around a growth formula a little bit today. So let's um, talk a bit about that and what that might mean to someone that's looking to grow out their business um, and maybe really expand that revenue or that profit at the end of the day. 
Yeah, so what I wanted to share is um, a growth equation. So what it really is, is just a mathematical formula on how to grow a business. And what it does is it shows you the variables you need to be focusing on. A lot of times, like we just discussed about people in business doing movement without actually knowing what they're doing. A lot of people want to grow their business, but they don't really know how or what to focus on. And they end up just, uh, say, focusing on one or two different areas. Like they might focus on getting more customers or selling more product to their current customers. But what I want to really uh, explain to people and show people is you want to look at business holistically because what it does is it has like this sort of uh, compounding effect that if you get more customers coming through the door and if you have the, then if you look at increasing your conversion rates then you're going to get an overall better result and then if you focus on how do you get make more money out of your current customers and then you have more leads coming through it has this sort of effect where like the the parts are in the whole isn't bigger than the parts that's made up that makes sense no it does um I think, yeah, the go-to is always, uh, I need more leads <laughs> or I need more, uh, yeah. increase my, uh, re- my, what people are spending with me. I think that's probably the go-to that most people look at. Leads is always the first thing. Market to get leads, market to get leads. That's what you hear mostly in business. Yeah, definitely. We, we find that a lot of times. People come to us and they're like, uh, the first thing they want to do is like, hey, I need to market my product. I need to market my service. I, I want to get more people to buy it. And what they're really saying is like, look, I want to make more money right now. And so more people coming through the door, I want to sell to. And it's really a lot of times we find anyway, that's that's actually really the wrong end to start. You want to be, you want to look at uh, converting people. Like I really want to look at like, okay, do you, what's your product and what's your business model to start with? Like, is it is it sustainable? A lot of people sell products that actually aren't even profitable. We actually find that a lot, especially online. People don't count for a lot of things and they find that, oh, I'm making lots of money, but they mistake profit for revenue. And it's a big difference that people need to work out. But if someone come to us, yeah, like, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But some people don't understand that. Like they, they think they've got lots of money coming in. Yeah, they, they think they've got lots of money coming in, in but they don't actually. Bank could, yeah. yeah, and then at tax time, you can be uh, losing quite a bit of money to GST and people just count that money in the bank <laughs> and it's yeah i've been yeah. there when starting out you oh there's all this money in the bank and then oh here comes a nice tax bill oh money's gone <laughs> so and you make no profit and you're thinking what the hell happened <laughs> and i've got money in the bank so it's interesting definitely so yeah so when you're thinking about growth um and on a profit standpoint i want to make that super clear is this is simply for, for growing your profit there are big differences between profit and cash flow and I think this is another conversation that we can have around the differences between to- those two things because people look at the end of the year and like, oh, I've made 100 grand, so I should have 100 grand in the bank account. So they're, they're not even in the same world. So um, there's really seven areas you can look at when you're looking at growing a business. So there's uh, your leads and inquiries. So obviously that we saw about marketing, then your conversions. So how many of those leads and inquiries are you converting? And then your retention rate. So when you convert customers and they become customers of your business, are they, how, uh, how often are they actually staying? Are people just coming to your business by once and being like, I'm never coming back there again, leaving? Or are they actually staying in the business? And then you want to look at like your transaction value. So when a customer comes to you, how much are they actually spending with you and buying? And then your transactions per year. So when someone purchases from you, how often are they coming back in, in a year? Are they coming back once? They're probably going to do once a year and never come back again. Or are they coming back three, four, five times a year? And then you want to look at like reducing down your overheads and costs. That looks at like cost of goods sold and then your expenses. So bringing down like maybe you want to bring manufacturing in-house rather than buying online or you want to uh, look at how to increase the efficiencies and automations within your business 
to increase lower those uh, those expenses. So they're really like the seven areas that people need to focus through. And the growth equation, what it does is it brings those areas all together into like nice little format that we put together that leads down into into profit and how each one like affecting each one of those areas can have have the impact on your profit margin uh, for your business. So from those seven areas, if you could only do one, would you say a business should focus on more the retention or conversion or the reducing costs through operations? Because those two would help without having to increase anything else. Yeah. So it's a hard question because it depends on the business, right? Uh, like if you're starting off and you've got no customers, who gives a shit about retention? You're retaining, you're, you're retaining zero, yep. right? So it doesn't like it's mm-hmm. not that's not relevant. But it really, really depends on the, the type, what type of business you have. If you're um, if you say have a really high ticket item and you're selling, like let's just use coaching because we use that before or consulting. Say you you've got like um, ten cl- cl- clients and you're making hundred grand from each year. You probably want to focus on retention more than conversion. But if you're a online store that's selling clothing, right? you might want to look at uh, converting more than your retention retention rate because you probably have a higher rate, higher sort of uh, overall customer base you could pull from and you would probably focus mm-hmm. on that. But the point I want to get across with this is that you, you, you're focusing on one area individually. They can't do everything at once, but to look at business holistically and not focus on one, on one thing. Like, for example, an area, a mistake that I see a lot of people make is uh, certain businesses focus on uh, transaction value, right? They want it when you walk through the door, you get it. There's, an example that comes to mind is a certain telephone company. We mention names. Every time I blow you go in there, I want to get a phone and they sell me $3,000 of shit that I never needed. And what happens is at the end of that, I get buyer's remorse, right? I'm like, I just I don't need any of this stuff. Like they just, they just told me all this stuff and I, and I end up getting a bad taste in my mouth after I've went there. And so what that does is, yeah, you they've increased their transaction value, but I, I definitely haven't increased their, tra- their their retention rate. And I'm definitely not going in there multiple times a year. Because I know every time I walk through the door, if I want to get my phone like screen fixed or something, they're going to try to sell me a new bloody tablet they've got. And I don't want that. So that's where looking at these things in isolation can can cause issues because you're not looking at business holistically. You're trying to focus on one metric, but the real metric you're focusing on is how much profit is my business making and those things add up. Yep. So it's everything combines and multiplies each other, like compounding. So, so when exactly looking right. at this um, and trying to get a bit of a grip um, in terms of what they could be doing in business, like we said earlier, they might just look at leads straight away. Um, you mentioned a couple of key things, but looking at it holistically. So how would someone start looking at holistically? I think what we don't measure, we can't fix um, or can't even you know, have no awareness on. So I think measuring is probably the first thing I would, I would say would be the first part to start. Um, getting a grip on where you are would be where you need to really begin the process. Yeah, I think the measurement part is hard. So when we go through this generally, especially with small businesses, measurement of these areas can be really difficult because, well, not it's not difficult. They aren't doing it. So it can be hard to get the accurate numbers. So I would say um, measurement, if you're starting off, measurement is your first objective. You want to make sure that you've got the, you're measuring each one of these areas and they're filled out into a proper KPI-like statement because you want to see where, like, when you're starting off, it's easier to, to set the systems up in place that you can measure them. But if, you're, if a business is... Um, and most businesses aren't measuring these areas. You, the best way, what thing to do is just to guesstimate. You've got, you've got, you've got nothing else to go on. But what you want to do is work backwards from known numbers. So let's say you know your revenue. You should, well, if you should know your revenue, 
If you don't know your revenue, you really need to talk to someone. That's a big problem. Let's just assume that your P&L statement is somewhat accurate. Then they look at you should work back from your revenue, right? So you should have an idea on like, okay, how many customers come into my business on a, on a daily basis? How many customers then extrapolate out? Like how many customers come back on a monthly basis? And how likely is it that someone's going to re- come back twice a month? And think about that. Just use your own intuition and knowing your business and then think, okay, I think I'm going to get, I think I get like 200 customers a month and then times that by 12 and say, okay, I get, you know, 2,400 customers a year on, on average. And then chain with the leads. I think I get around like 5,000 leads like um, a year. And again, actually, leads is actually one thing I want to touch on because people get confused around this. They think they they think leads are like every interaction that someone has with your business. So they go on social media and they go to their interaction, like engagement figure. And any person that's ever liked their post or something like that, they put as a lead. And that, that's honestly, that that's really stupid. So you want to think of leads are actually people that are try, wanting to engage business. Someone going to your website is, I would consider, at the, the base rate as a lead. But anyone that's not, isn't visiting your website and just like, like liking your stuff on Facebook, I probably wouldn't count that as a lead. So I'd count your like people that are going to your website and actually wanting to learn more about you, people that are messaging you, emailing you and calling you, they're obviously leads. So that's just something I want to touch on because I've noticed that when we've gone through with some people, they're like, how many leads did you get? And like, we get 3 million a year. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. And I go like, look at our engagement rate through our things. We have like so many likes. I'm like, no, no, no. Like just because someone likes your cat photo doesn't mean they want your business. So you just got to be aware of that. <laughs> that's brilliant. Like, yeah, that's good for anyone that's... It's, uh, it's, counting those online let's put it that way yeah so what you want to do is like is you, is you when you, you guesstimate those numbers and just fill them in the best you can and then see if your number that pops out in the growth equation is the same as your uh your number the, the real number you know on your PL. and if it's not then just adjust from there if it's too high then just some adjust some of your numbers down where you feel like it is i find a lot of people overestimate when they do this rather than us underestimate so they end up going they're like what's your retention rate it's like oh 96 percent I'm like, really? 96%? Like, yeah. I'm like, no one's moved town or died. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a really high high retention rate for a, for a local store in, in the middle of a small town. So I think people have, they when they go through and do this sort of thing, um, they, they can really shock them into to what the actual numbers are. Uh, and then, again, like measurement after you've got the guesstimates and you've sort of worked it out, then you need to add those measurement systems in there. And that really, like, if, if you think about it overall, to, to measure each one of these areas, you're only a really good, uh, if you're if you're running a retail store, most modern day po- like point of sale systems should be measuring most of these things, if not all of them, and anything else you can get from your, uh, from your uh, accounting system. If you're running like a service-based business, a, you should have a good CRM system. Again, that should be measuring these things. When a lead comes in, you should be measuring, you should, that should instantly come in and you should have that person recorded and measured against there. The same for how often they're transacting. These things need to be, need to be measured uh, in, in a systems way. You really don't want to be relying on your, your like 16 an hour, like holiday staff member to be writing down notes, do you know what I mean? Of who come in and who they were and, and what they were after. This needs to be systematized into the business going forward. But if you're beginning, you, you can guesstimate and, and get a good idea. If we're talking to, obviously, our audience is more of a technical audience um, sitting in maybe some SaaS products or application-based stuff. Um, in, in the online space, there's definitely different applications that they can give you. Who's coming to your website? Um, how many contacts you're gathering from your email? We, you could count those and that could be systemized. Um, how many phone calls you're getting can be systemized and counted. Uh, there's definitely ways you can do that automatically um, if you think about it and mm-hmm. actually put some effort into it. 
yeah, it's just prioritizing. Like a lot of people, because they don't realize, they don't understand why they need to measure these numbers. And that's where the, the problems come in is because they don't prioritize this thing. They just say like, oh, mm-hmm. I need, I don't have time to measure my numbers. I have to, I have to answer this client call. But it, it's in the end, this is really about doing those extra things, right? This is looking at your business holistic. You, you can't, uh, think about like a, like a map, right? You can't know, if you want to create a, a plan forward, you need to know two things. You know where you currently are and where you're going. And the problem is people, like, they want to travel to, they, they want Tasmania's destination. They think they're in Hawaii, but they're actually in Texas, right? And they create that the plan doesn't come right. If you need to know these numbers, because you might go through this, and we find this with some cu- customers, we go through this and they find, oh, they've got fantastic leads. Like, they think they want to do marketing, but their, their marketing's fantastic. Then they're converting actually quite well. The problem is retention. But they think their retention's great and they think they need to work on marketing. It's by knowing these numbers where you can actually then prioritize where you need to to, to find those sort of low-hanging fruits and the things that where all the all the money's leaking out of. Yeah, that's that's the the hole in the bucket. Where is it? Where and it could be different in every business, right? So uh, being aware of that, like yeah. you said, and everyone just jumps to marketing and new sales or new business or that's 90% of the time what people do. Uh, they always look at new, 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 yeah. new, new, but it could be, yeah, like you said, just a retention thing. Increase that by 10%, that can make a big difference to a business. Huge. And it's focusing on like, I think that there's people get confused and they want to sell products and they want to sell things and they focus a lot. I spend a lot of time on how to work out their sales system instead of just making the product good. Like, if if you're if you've got a great product, and I mean like an absolutely fantastic world class product, it's it's really not that hard to sell. Someone's like, hey, I've got this problem. You're like, I can solve it, and I can solve it better than anyone else on the planet, and I can solve it for cheaper or or more efficiently than anyone else on the planet. The sale the sales marketing thing is like, yeah, sure, I'll buy that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not it doesn't have to, you don't have to manipulate them in some way or go through <laughs> some transcendental thing. Like <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, right, and like. Um, like- just talking about that though, you, some people can get lost and just work on a product and not understand the, the aspects of business. You can still build the best product, but if you don't know how to market it and sell it, it doesn't really matter either. So you still need to be aware it, of these things and how you're doing holistic. this. So, yeah, I get it. Yep. So it, work on a great product, that's all well and good. But um, if you don't know how to sell, market, retain, re- retain customers, because even if you've got a great product, you still need to be servicing those customers to retain them. So there's different things you need to think about. The best products actually yeah. rarely win. Sometimes it's the people with mm. the best marketing that 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 have have yeah. have like a really okay product that have the yeah. great marketing, but then they end up getting what happens is they they are good for a little while, and then they get overtaken by someone who can do both, mm-hmm. and that's what you really yeah. want to focus on is doing both those things. You want to have like I got a fantastic product, and mm-hmm. then I also have to have fantastic marketing on the side of things. Again, this is where like. It's kind of like the hammer. Like if, if you're if you're a hammer, every problem's a nail. If you're a developer, right, everything's about developing the best tech. If you're a marketer, everything's about getting more sales. If you're mm-hmm. a website guy, you're like, oh, it's all about my SEO and make sure I'm top page of Google. Like it's not really about all those things. It's 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 like it's about like looking at businesses as one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a living organism, right? Like if you're like, mm-hmm. I've got a great heart, but your liver's dead. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's you're, you're still going to be in hospital. Like yes. you need to make sure that your entire business is is healthy, and then mm-hmm. work on those areas that that really aren't. To, to bring that up to the next level. No, very. It's, it's important. I think it gives a bit of um, an understanding. Of it. What you said there is, yeah, generally people walk into business, they're good at one thing um, or two if they've got mm. a couple of founders um, or the founders could be exactly the same and that's a big issue too. <laughs> you want to have people that get yeah. different skill sets, but anyway, we won't go there. So, and then they'll but focus even, on that. Even agencies though, yeah. 
yeah, yeah but even agencies mm-hmm. this is what this is one yeah. thing that i found when like <laughs> this is one of the things i wanted to really do with change with cosla is that i was always going through my business journey mm-hmm. i would hire a, a person to redo my website and or, or yep. hire a marketing agency or hire a consultant and i found like i went to the website agency person they're like i want you to help me grow my business and they're like awesome what you need to do is you need to work on your keywords and getting your metadata right so your seo is fantastic get mm-hmm. top page of google and then when i went to the marketing people like all you need to do is focus on marketing and getting more clients through the door and then I went to the consultant and all they want to do is help show me how to do this fantastical sales cycle thing that I can like take my clients through building rapport with them and going through and like looking at like highlighting their issues and all this other stuff. Yeah. And what, what I really needed is I really needed to, to make sure that the, like I need to make sure my business world was right. I mm-hmm. need to make sure like I found out when I actually dug into it that I thought I was making like 30% per sales end up making like three to seven percent on a sale wow. if you account for the time it took for my staff yeah. member because like mm-hmm. this is the thing you don't count count right so when you sell mm-hmm. a product like we, we, this is um for one of our uh we were we were selling uh, for one of our businesses was a rural store so we were selling like horse feed and things like that and so mm-hmm. it was generally like a margin like 30 percent but what i wasn't counting for was that i had to pay someone to go and pick it up to bring it in i wasn't paying to accounting for like the three dollars per bag of, of freight that i was paying for it went through all these type things it turns out that on a bag of dog or on a bag of dog food or, or horse feed i was only making like a dollar fifty dollar seventy five mm-hmm. each bag and i thought i was making like seven dollars it's very and big difference isn't it, it to the bottom line yeah well it is okay Exactly. And what I didn't mm-hmm. need to do was work out how to sell more dog food at that point. Like mm-hmm. I needed to work out how I can increase, like increase the, the not not even the, the overall yeah. transaction value, but the, how much money yeah. I was making per well, transaction. If you, if you double that up. number that you're making per transaction, you double the, the profit in the end. Um, yeah, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that might mean certain ways you do things. It might mean the person picks up the freight once a week instead of every day. It might be different, something different that you do that just changes that. So, and it's a and completely meetings. different solution, could, like you said. Okay. Yeah, it could could be introducing different products. So when someone buys mm-hmm. a bag of dog feed, mm-hmm. or or it could be uh, put it turning them onto premium products, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than doing it, turning them onto something with a higher margin, or selling them like a dog collar or things like that that have a higher mar- a gross margin overall with that person that doesn't force something down their throat. It's something that they like. I they wanted that. It's going to add value to that person's life in some way. And we're just simply letting them know that, hey, we've got this if you want to end with we'll 10% off it if you buy it with a bag of dog food. It's very simple. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So treating a business holistically is my takeaway from this conversation and measuring everything so you can actually re- uh, report on where you're at and find the gaps and find those sort of leaking holes in the bucket. So if you're... Um, uh, and obviously, let's talk about where people can get a look at the growth formula. We'll share it out with podcasts clearly. Um, if they want to find out about it, where can they get it? And where can they download it if they're just listening in? Yep, definitely. If they go to our website, they can find a link to it there. I'm not home search for the URL, but you should find it in the description of this video. We'll make sure that it gets put in there. And they can go to go to the link where they can download it. Um, and hopefully soon we'll have a uh, we'll have the growth equation on our website where people can actively go in there and put their own numbers in mm-hmm. and see how these small changes can make. Because like if even just a, a five ten percent change in each one of these areas can actually double your business's profit. It doesn't seem real until people try it, until people actually go through their own numbers and see it. But you can take you can literally double your business with just by like a few percentage in each area by having that compounding effect on. Yeah. I've gone through this myself um, and then it's like, it seems simple. So yeah, it is good to look at and it's good to get an understanding of because 
yeah, when you sort of start out, how do I get more revenue? That's always a question a business asks. But really, the question you should be asking is how do I increase profit um, first and then how do I scale that? Um, yeah, and increasing profit is not just yeah. about marketing and selling a product. There's a lot more to that. There's a yeah, big difference too. I want to cut yeah, it is. Sorry. It once yeah. you once you understand it, you yeah. you get the you mm-hmm. kind of get it, and you can think about business in a different way. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to cut on is that profit is not cash either. Mm-hmm. This isn't the big area that I find is yeah. um, profit is is obviously incredibly important to your business, but profit does not mean you'll have that cash in the bank. We find this when we work with business owners. They're like, I want to increase my profit. I want to do this, and mm-hmm. this is a mistake that I made when I first got into business. Is I just focused on profit, right? I want to my, increase my profit to being. And so what I did is I went out and bulk bought because I could get t- tough, 20% off by buying pretty much all of my stock for the year in like one month. Uh, the way I did that, yeah, okay. and I thought, this is fantastic. I'm going to make so much more yeah. money. And yes. uh, yeah, it had negative effects on cash flow, right? So these are some yeah. of the things you've, you've got to also count. Oh, that, you got to manage like, that sometimes too. Sometimes yeah. it's better. If you're in that sort of business. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. Most of our listeners, I, I don't think, will be buying bulk of anything. I don't imagine um, listening from a tech no. perspective, but they might go and buy bulk servers and 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 basically the impact of that being being cash flow, right? You're just going to be understanding but, what that but is. But it could also be in your cash is always ex- king in the end. especially mm-hmm. yeah, especially in your industry mm-hmm. though. Um, in in working, yep. some people yeah. might go like, hey. I want you to buy 10 years of my product for and get like mm-hmm. 50% off, right? And they do that yeah. and then they run out of cash five years in because they, didn't ha- they spent that all on stupid shit mm-hmm. and they bought a boat and now they have to service the, their servers. Yeah. Right? There's, I've there's seen also, some interesting models, yeah. That. Like I've seen models out there, exact thing, three-year licensing to one product. I think how the hell are you surviving at year two and year three um, if you're not just selling all the time because then it becomes you're always selling. Um, and, you're exp- yeah. and the challenge with that is you're going to spend money based on what you sold in year one. If year two and three aren't the same, you're going to be in a bit of trouble at some point. So, yeah, you have to be conscious of the model. I think that's important. Fair point there. A hundred percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, very good, Zach. Well, it's been a pleasure, man, talking about business growth and some things we can look at and some key categories that people can dig into that's not just about marketing So um, and getting leads. So thanks for joining us and um, yeah, really appreciate you coming on DevReady Podcast talking about business growth, something a little bit different for our, our listeners out there, but it's important. We need to dig in. We need to understand we are in business. If you're going to be jumping in and building a product, you are in a business. Um, if you are looking to build tech that's going to serve your business and help you scale out, you're going to be building it for some of these reasons around maybe reducing the cost of doing business um, or increasing customer retention is why you might want to build a product so and add value to your customers. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, Zach. Really appreciate your time and coming on the podcast. Thanks, I really appreciate it. If anyone has any questions anyone, or anything, just yeah, feel free to let, let us know or, or comment in this video and I can I can answer anything mm-hmm. that everyone has. So, yeah, if anyone plays with your calculator, let us know what a small change means to your business, what it ends up being percentage-wise overall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sounds yeah, good. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. If, if you need any help with it, let us know. <laughs> Cheers, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Cool. Thanks, Zach. Awesome. Thank you.